You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum. A very warm welcome to the Olive Express. Live and exclusive to Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. It's a beautiful, absolutely beautiful night of Jumu'ah. Once again, Alhamdulillah, Thumma Alhamdulillah, we're coming to you live from Musalla Yunus. Uh, well, not live, actually. It's a recorded program this week, and I'm going to tell you why, little ones. But uh, nonetheless, it's recorded in Musalla Yunus in Panorama, Cape Town. Now, Alhamdulillah, this weekend, we are blessed in Cape Town. You know, Cape Town, very rarely, uh, not as frequent as, as always, gets to see visiting ulama from Cape, from Johannesburg or from Durban or Albert Falls. Have you heard of Albert Falls? Uh, it's a little place outside of Peter Maritzburg. And alhamdulillah, thumma alhamdulillah, little ones, uh, this weekend we have Hazrat Molana Dawood Siddhartsab here in the Cape region. So Alhamdulillah, I'm attending his programs and uh, we could not forget you, of course. I mean, this program is so important for you and for me, Alhamdulillah, that uh, we put together a recording and we've got a little treat for you on this night of Jumu'ah, inshallah, which we're going to share with you in a little bit. But alhamdulillah, as always, we say that this night of Jumu'ah is so special. It is so divine. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's special mercy descends on the night of Jumu'ah. And du'as are accepted on the day of Jumu'ah, particularly between Asr and Maghrib on the day of Jumu'ah. We must try to make a little bit of dua, even if it's five minutes. Raise your little beautiful hands and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for uh, forgiveness for the ummah. Ask Allah for guidance for the ummah. Ask Allah to help the children in Palestine. Make all the duas. Make dua for your mummy. Make dua for your daddy. Make dua for your brothers, your sisters. Make dua for the whole ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And of course, on the day of Jumu'ah, we always, always remind you that we must send abundance of durood, salawat, and salutations upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What does the hadith teach us? Man salla alayya wahidatan sallallahu biha asharan. That person who sends durood upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once, Allah sends his mercy upon the ummah, that person, ten times. Subhanallah. This is such a great na'mat and blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All right, we mentioned we've got a little treat for you. So I'm going to, inshallah, share two beautiful stories with you from the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Actually, the first one took place about 50 or 55 days before the birth of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And I'm sure in our madrasa, in our maktab, Many of us 
we've already learned the surah known as surah al-feel all right let's just do a quick quiz here who knows what a feel is in arabic obviously a feel what is feel in arabic it means elephant right elephant the the, the they, they call the elephant the gentle giant walking on this earth but at the same time these gentle giants can be very dangerous imagine if a, a, an elephant with its trunk you know that long nose that's coming out that's called a trunk if it just takes that trunk wraps it around you picks you up throws you down and then with its <clears throat> 500 kilogram foot have to stamp on us allahu akbar that will be a scary experience eh but yeah elephants say eh? so suratul fil is the chapter on the elephants and it speaks about this particular incident that took place about 50 or 55 days before the birth of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam it has been recorded in the books of sira sira is the the lifestyle and 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 the entire biography in other words everything that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam did alhamdulillah most of it has been recorded and we share it uh, for the benefit of the ummah the quran sharif as we mentioned has dedicated a whole surah to this particular incident this incident is recorded in the books of tafsir let's start with it little ones there was a man by the name of abraha he was the governor of yemen and he was appointed by najashi najashi was the emperor of abyssinia what we would say in today's times current day ethiopia so this abraha when he noticed all the arabs were traveling to makkah mukarrama to perform tawaf of the baitullah just like in today's times everyone desires to go to makkah mukarrama and perform umrah and perform hajj and i'm sure many of you little ones have also had this wonderful opportunity there's nothing better you know just being right next to the kaaba and going round and round and round and you know when you're going round like that there you must think to yourself it's like a washing machine you see when your mummy takes the washing the laundry and she puts it in the washing machine and then she puts detergent soap and she puts fabric softener like stay soft or something like that and then the washing machine starts to go round and round and round so the soap that will wash away all of our sins is toba and istighfar and the fabric softener which is perfumed and beautiful is the durood and salawat that we send upon rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and as we go round and round the kaaba seven times allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives all our sins and of course you are little you have no sins so allah gives the reward to your mummy and your daddy alhamdulillah so just like in today's times 
in Ramadan and in fact throughout the year people are traveling to Makkah Mukarramah to perform tawaf of the Baytullah so did it happen in those days so that's the first lesson the Kaaba existed long before Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Hazrat Ibrahim and Hazrat Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam are the ones who built the Kaaba so the Kaaba existed many 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 years ago all right so when Abraha saw people going to Makkah Mukarramah to perform Tawaf he also decided to build uh, like a like a like a, a temple hmm? in the name of Christianity so that the Arabs will no longer go to the Kaaba to make Tawaf and instead come to his temple and start worshipping Sayyidina Isa alayhi salatu wasalam. So now he built this magnificent beautiful church and where did he do it? He did it in the capital city of Sana'a. Sana'a is the capital city of Yemen. When the Arabs heard of this, a member of a particular tribe known as the Kinana tribe, they did something by taking number two and placing it around Abraha's church to show that, you know, this means nothing to us. We have the Baytullah, we have the Kaaba. But anyway, he did this. Some of the opinion that a few Arab youngsters even lit a fire in the near area of the church. And a gust of wind hoisted a smoldering ember, lobbed it in onto the wooden structure of the church, setting it ablaze whole church caught on fire and it was reduced to ashes when abraha heard this he was in a fit of anger and rage and he made a qasam an oath that he would not rest until he had reduced the kaaba he had destroyed the kaaba to ruins so now he made this wicked intention and he set out to attack Makkah. En route to Makkah, the tribes who put up any resistance, who tried to stop him, were subdued with the might of the sword. They came into clashes and battles, and anyone who stood in their way, they managed to kill them. Hmm? Together with his terrifying army of men, he was also accompanied by a herd of elephants. You see an elephant walking, you're not going to go near that elephant, eh? The livestock of the Meccans were grazing on the outskirts of Makkah. Abraha's army seized and stole all the animals, the camels, the sheep, the goats, the cows, which also comprised of 200 camels belonging to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam's grandfather Abdul Muttalib. So now, who was Abdul Muttalib? Abdul Muttalib was the leader of the Quraysh 
and he was like a trustee of the Kaaba. He used to see to the cleaning, the maintenance, everything runs smoothly around the Kaaba. When he heard of Abraha's wicked intention, he gathered the Quraysh, asking them to remain calm. He told them, do not worry, evacuate Makkah, leave Makkah. Nobody will be able to demolish the Kaaba. This is the sacred house of Allah Ta'ala and he alone will protect it. So a few leaders of the Quraysh got together with Abdul Muttalib and they jumped on their camels and they set out to meet Abraha. But before they went, Abdul Muttalib conveyed a message of his coming to Abraha. So Abraha had expected him. When Abraha met Abdul Muttalib, he greeted him politely and graciously. He was leader to leader now. Allah Ta'ala had blessed Abdul Muttalib with such handsomeness, remarkable eminence. So anyone that had seen him would always be spellbound. You just look at him, he was dashing, he, was, he had this awe, he had all of this around him. Subhanallah. Abraha also, when he saw him, he was awestruck with the imposing personality of Abdul Muttalib, leaving him no choice but to welcome his guest with absolute respect. He found it inappropriate to seat anyone or on or in line with his throne. So instead, Abraha descended from his throne out of respect for Abdul Muttalib. During the course of their conversation, Abdul Muttalib requested Abraha to release all his camels detained and kept away. They stole them. So he said, please release all these camels. Astounded, he was shocked by this request. Abraha said, it is quite startling to hear you requesting for your camels, but I see that you have not even mentioned a word about the Kaaba, which is the reason and, and it is the focal point of your deen, of your forefathers, and you know very well that I have come to destroy the Kaaba. Abdul Muttalib heard him and very calmly said, I am the owner of the camels, whilst the owner of the house, the Kaaba, is someone else who will take care of it. In other words, I am the owner of the camels. That is why I have asked for their release, whilst the custodian, the one who is in charge of the Kaaba, is Allah Ta'ala and he will defend it. Subhanallah. Now it gets exciting. After a few moments of silence, Abraha ordered the release of, the cam of all the camels. Abdul Muttalib took his camels and returned to his people and asked them all to evacuate and leave Makkah Mukarramah. Abdul Muttalib then pledged all 200 camels 
as sadaqa to the Kaaba, that he would sacrifice all of them for the Kaaba. Next, accompanied by a few people who would imploringly weep before Allah Ta'ala, he came to the door of the Kaaba and he began to recite dua. What did he say? Allahumma inna al-mar'a yamna'a rahlahu famna' rihalak. Oh Allah, a man takes care of his house. You take care of your house. So he's saying that every man looks after their own house. Ya Allah, this is your house. You take care of it. One sur and assist your people against the people of the cross. The Christians, they would worship the cross and its worshippers. لا يغلبنا Their cross and their schemes will never be able to be over your ruling, O Allah. جَرُّ جَمِيعَ بِلَادِهِمْ They dragged along all their faces and their elephants to capture your dependence. Out of ignorance, you have turned up to ruin your house with their evil plots, but they fail to consider your unrivaled greatness. So in basic words, he made dua, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to come to aid and protect the Kaaba. When he completed this dua, Abdul Muttalib, together with his companions, climbed on the mountain, leaving Makkah, Makkah was empty. Imagine, not a soul in sight. And their reliance is only on Allah Ta'ala. So Abraha and his army could come in. As he came closer to demolish the Kaaba, something happened. Suddenly, a huge flock of small birds appeared. Each one of them had pebbles in their beaks and in their claws. And without any warning, with the divine power of Allah Ta'ala, these pebbles swiftly fell upon his army like lethal bullets. It came down so fast that it would even go through the elephant's body. Imagine how much of force that little pebble head that it goes through the entire body of an elephant. A pebble would strike the head and fatally emerge from the bottom. Whoever was wretched enough to be struck by these pebbles would immediately die. This is how Abraha's army was completely wiped out. Abraha's whole body erupted with so many wounds which left his body horribly decaying with pus and blood. On the other hand, his limbs were torn from his body and fell to the ground. At long last, his chest split open and his heart popped out, leaving him dead. When all of them perished, 
Allah Ta'ala sent a flood that washed all of them to sea. So Allah Ta'ala not only protected the Kaaba little ones, but Allah Ta'ala also sent these rains and washed that entire land. So this is the story that happened 50 to 55 days before the birth of our beloved Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And imagine so many centuries. Century is 100 years. So many centuries later, Allah Ta'ala is still protecting the Kaaba. And we must continue to make dua that Allah Ta'ala will continue till the day of Qiyamah to protect Haramain Sharifain, Makkah Mukarramah, and Medina Munawwara. And remember, when it comes to Masjid Al-Aqsa, that is different. There, Allah Ta'ala, His promise of protection of Masjid Al-Aqsa depends on the a'mal, the good actions of the ummah. So if we perform our five times daily salah, if we fast in the month of Ramadan, if we give our zakah as it's ought to be given, if we go for hajj if it's faraz upon us, if we have good akhlaq and character, we don't steal, we don't cheat, we don't scream at our parents, we are kind, we are generous, we are good people. Then only will the help of Allah Ta'ala come to the third haram, which is Masjid Al-Aqsa. So the solution for the Palestine problem is simple. We have to turn back and become good little Muslims and Muslimas. And when we do so, then Allah Ta'ala, He will protect Masjid Al-Aqsa and Allah Ta'ala will give us such a noor in our hearts, such a light in our hearts, that Allah Ta'ala will become pleased with us. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam will become pleased with us. Our parents will become pleased with us. Our ustaz, our molana and our apas, they will become pleased with us. Our friends, our cousins, the whole ummah will become pleased with us and we will eventually enter into Jannah. This is the ultimate promise of Allah Ta'ala. So my little ones, that is our lesson. Our lesson that Allah Ta'ala's unseen help is definitely there. We just have to knock on the door of Allah Ta'ala by making dua and as we come closer and closer to Ramadan, we make more and more and more dua. And we'll see very soon the help of Allah Ta'ala will come not only in Palestine, but even here in South Africa, whatever problems we are facing, Allah Ta'ala will take care of it and everything will be good for us. All right, let's take a beautiful nasheed break. And when we come back, inshallah, we'll share another beautiful story with you. Stay with us.